0: Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, our God, <clears throat> according to His eternal economy, has a desire to have an expression of Himself in this universe. And He intends to have this expression not directly in Himself, but in humanity. It's through man. And it's for this purpose, for this reason, that he created man. He created man in his image and according to his likeness. We know that was Adam. And God blessed them uh, that they would multiply, they would be fruitful, they will replenish the earth. That was God's intention. That man, Adam, was not an individual man. He was actually a corporate man. God desires to have this man who bears his image and his likeness to be fruitful, to to multiply, and replenish the whole earth. Unfortunately, before this man was able to receive the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, He was seduced by Satan, and sin came in, and death came in, all these negative things came in, so all Adam could do was to multiply, reproduce mankind, and he did a good job on that. (laughs) There was no, the divine life was not able to be received by this man. Yet 4,000 years later, God sent His Son, His only begotten, to the earth to become a man. God became a man. The Word became flesh, became a man like us. He lived a wonderful life, only 33 and a half years, not too long, but not too short, and In that life, during that period of time, he expressed God. He testified of God. Whatever he spoke, whatever he did, was an expression of God. He did nothing out of himself. He did nothing by himself. He did everything in God, by God, and for God. That was the man that God was after. From the very beginning, he was truly God's faithful witness, God's expression. At the end of his life, when he went to the cross, or before he went to the cross, he told his disciples that he is like a grain of wheat that will fall into the earth and die. And then upon dying, many grains will be produced. The many grains will be his multiplication, will be his reproduction, will be his propagation. He was that unique grain, but through his death and his resurrection, many grains will be produced, who will become his many brothers. This is the propagation of this wonderful God, man. He was God becoming a man, possessing both the divine nature and <clears throat> the human nature. And through death and resurrection, he multiplied himself to produce many brothers exactly Amen. the same Amen. as himself. Wow. This is the propagation that God desired to have from the very beginning. Then, 50 days after he was crucified and his his crucifixion, then on the day of Pentecost, he came back. He was poured out upon his disciples who were there in Jerusalem as the Spirit. This very Jesus, the God-man, Through death and resurrection, He now became the Spirit, a life-giving Spirit, the consummated Spirit, to be poured out upon the disciples. Just before that, He told the disciples to wait there in Jerusalem, that they will be His witnesses, to testify. Testify what? Not about any kind of entity. Not about any kind of truth or doctrine or teaching or practice. But to testify of himself. This one who was incarnated, died and resurrected. Now he became such a spirit to be poured upon them. So they were charged to be such witnesses yet not by themselves, now to go in themselves, by themselves, to carry out this commission. No, they were to be filled with such a spirit. This spirit is being poured upon them, filling them within and without. Tonight we come to this wonderful message on the spirit of Jesus. In the past two messages, we saw God's desire is to have such a propagation through witnessing, not through any kind of program, man's work, man's movement. It is through our witness, through us being witnesses, living, bearing a living testimony. And what we are witnessing, what we are testifying is this wonderful one who was the only begotten son. But through death and resurrection, he now became the firstborn. He is the firstborn son of God. He was that unique grain who fell into the earth and died. But now many grains are being produced. This is the one whom we are propagating. We are not propagating the only begotten Son, who is the embodiment of God in His divine life. Now we are propagating this one, who is not only the only begotten, but also now the firstborn, possessing both divinity and humanity, ready to reproduce, ready to multiply. So many of God's chosen people, right, who are also merely human, yet we are ready to receive the divine life into us. We'll become exactly like Him. He is divine and human. And we are human and divine. This is the propagation that the Lord desired, intended to have. Even in the book of Acts, we see These disciples, these apostles went everywhere. Apparently, it was the movement, the action of men, of these people, persons. But actually, it was the very Spirit who has been poured out upon them, filling them, filling them within and without, making them the living witness. The witness of this resurrected and ascended and all-inclusive Christ. He has been doing this. He is still doing this. Hallelujah. He wants to propagate himself throughout the whole earth. Amen. In Africa, in Europe, in Americas, in Amen. Australasia, Amen. in China, Asia. He is propagating Amen. himself. Amen. We are not propagating any kind of entity, any kind of our religion or practices. We are propagating a wonderful God-man. The firstborn Son of God, through His death and His resurrection, and by the Spirit. By the Spirit. The means of this propagation is not by our own determination, by our own will, but by this Spirit. And this Spirit is not just the Spirit of God as such, it's actually the Spirit of God Jesus. Of the man Jesus, who was incarnated, who passed through death, passed through resurrection, and now ascended, this very Jesus today is the Spirit. He is the one who enables us to be such witnesses, to propagate Him everywhere that we go, that we will be His continuation. Well, tonight we come to this uh, to see this wonderful matter of the spirit of Jesus. Now the first point says we need to pay careful attention to two divine titles in Acts 16, 6 and 7. We just read these two verses. This was during the Apostle Paul's missionary journey that he was about to go to uh, Bithynia, the the region uh, of uh, Phrygia and Galatia. And he was forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Then he wanted to go to the other direction. They come to Mysia. They try to go into Bithynia, Yet the spirit of Jesus did not allow them, so he wanted to go to the right. The spirit, the Holy Spirit, forbids them. He wanted to go to the left. The spirit of Jesus did not allow them, so forcing them, you have to go straight. Is <laughs> it seems to be? It's just a uh, very simple uh, two verses. But it reveals to us something very profound, very tremendous. Anyway, we'll get more into this. But here, we need to pay careful attention to these two titles of the Spirit the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Jesus. Surely, there cannot be, they are not two different spirits. They are the same spirit, yet Paul expressed them differently. He called, in verse 6, as the Holy Spirit, and then in verse 7, he addressed him as the Spirit of Jesus. We know that in the Bible, we are shown that whenever God was about to do something, whenever God was about to have a move, His spirit was always involved. Like in Genesis 1, when God came to bring forth the old creation. Right away, in Genesis 1-2, it tells us, the spirit of God was brooding upon the surface of the water. God wanted to do something great to bring forth that old creation. And the Spirit of God was there. Then, in the New Testament, in the New Testament, that in order to bring forth this God-man, Jesus Christ, to begin the New Testament age, the Spirit of God came to Mary as the Holy Spirit, to overshadow her, to empower her, to cause this Holy One to be conceived and to be born in her. So he was, for the, in human history, for the first time, there was such a one, the first God-man, a man yet God, God yet man, born of this human virgin, came from a divine source, and it's for the first time in the scriptures, such a title of the Spirit of God was used: the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, or in Greek, actually the Spirit, the Holy. Because before that time, God, who was the Holy One, the divine one, had never had never entered into humanity. In the Old Testament, we only, you read, you, 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 you saw the Spirit of God was there, who was brooding upon the surface of the water. We also read about the Spirit of Jehovah in God's relationship with man. But never, the Holy Spirit, was not even mentioned once. Only in two instances, in Psalm 51, in the repenting prayer of David, he mentioned the spirit of holiness. Also, in Isaiah, it was Isaiah 50, 56. Oh, 63, I'm sorry. Isaiah 63. Also, the spirit of holiness was mentioned. In both of those instances... Is not the Holy Spirit, it's the spirit of holiness, implying that Jehovah wants to sanctify, separate his people unto himself from anything common. So he is the spirit of the spirit of holiness to separate his people from all the common things to himself. It is not until the New Testament with the conception, with the birth of our Savior, the God-man Jesus, the title, Holy Spirit, was mentioned. Because now, it is not merely God separating His people from something common to Himself. But now, God, for the first time in human history, God in His divinity is being Is being imparted into humanity and mingled with the human nature to produce this God man Jesus. Intrinsically, now the divine nature is being worked and mingled with humanity, that now in this wonderful one, Jesus is possessed both divinity. And humanity. Amen. It's not merely being becoming holy by being separated from the worldly things, from the common things. Now, intrinsically, in our nature, God in His divinity has been imparted and mingled with humanity to produce Amen. this wonderful Jesus, the first God-man, Amen. who is intrinsically holy. Well, now, dear Saints, for the completion of God's economy to propagate Himself, to have His multiplication, to have His reproduction, to propagate this one, that He came to us, He is carrying out this propagation as the Spirit. And particularly, in the experience of the Apostle Paul, the Spirit of Jesus. It is very rich. We will see much more. Now, A says, the interchangeable use of these two titles, the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Jesus, reveals that the Spirit of Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Right? We all agree with that. I think this is quite clear. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. Now B, the Holy Spirit is a general title of the Spirit of God in the New Testament. I already mentioned in the Old Testament, you have the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jehovah, right? And never the Holy Spirit, not until the New Testament. Number one, the title the Holy Spirit is used for the first time At the the conception of the Lord Jesus, it was when the time came to prepare the way for Christ's coming and to prepare a human body for him to initiate the New Testament dispensation that the title, the Holy Spirit, came into use. In order to understand the first usage of the title, the Holy Spirit, we need to see that this title is involved with the Lord's incarnation. So now the holy one God himself has been imparted into us the humanity the common ones. Now we are mingled together, right? To now this is the Jesus was con- was called the that holy thing. The Holy Spirit, God, the Spirit of God, as the Holy Spirit, came to visit Mary and caused her to conceive and bring forth this holy thing. Right? This is, He is intrinsically holy. right? Now God's nature is for the first time being wrought into the human nature, being mingled together as one. So whenever we come to such a title, the Holy Spirit, we have to bear in mind that this implies the incarnation of Christ. God's being, God's nature being mingled with the human nature. According to the principle of the first mention, first mention the Holy Spirit is related to Christ's incarnation and birth. Right? I think This should be clear to all of us. Now, whenever we read the word Holy Spirit, right away, we have this realization. It is related to Christ's incarnation and birth. That God is brought into man. God is now mingled with man. So number two, in the New Testament, the title, the Holy Spirit, indicates that God is now mingling Himself with man. Praise the Lord. What we are enjoying today is not just the Spirit of God. It's not just the Spirit of Jehovah. We are enjoying the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, the Holy. Mm -hmm. God has come not only to visit man, now to be mingled with us. Now He is within us, mingling with us. Right? Praise the Lord for the Holy Spirit. Now, C says, the Spirit of Jesus is a particular expression. The Holy Spirit is a general title of the Spirit of God. Now, the Spirit of Jesus is a particular expression concerning the Spirit of God and refers to the Spirit of the incarnated Savior, who, as Jesus in His humanity, passed through human living and death on the cross. Jesus has a spirit. The spirit of Jesus. Well, somewhat, you know, we are, you know, it may be a little bit easier for us to, to accept the spirit of God, the spirit of this one who is divine and, and, uh, and uh, holy. He is the spirit of this one. But how about the spirit of Jesus? How about a spirit of of Scott, Finney. That's a common, right? That's a, yes, we do have a human spirit. But how about the spirit of Jesus? Amen. Jesus is a man. But more than a man. Right. He's a man plus God. Amen. Scott, you're just a man. <laughs> to call the spirit of Scott, that's not that great. It's good, but it's not that excellent. But the spirit of Jesus, that's spectacular. This Jesus was a man, but it's more than a man. He was a God man. And he is not just God. And he is a man, 100% man. At the same time, 100% God. 100 plus 100 equals 100. This is the divine mathematics. 100% man plus 100% God equals the 100% God man. Jesus is a wonderful person. Outwardly, he is of no beauty. He is a man of sorrow. He was a carpenter's son. He was a Nazarene. He was just like everybody else. But inside of him, something excellent. You know, we <clears throat> this is the one time this title was used in the New Testament. It was in, in the Apostle Paul's journey and to prop in his in his move for the propagation, for the propagation of this, of this wonderful one who, who was crucified, resurrected, and ascended. <clears throat> And there at that juncture, where he, while he was going, deciding wanting to go this way and that way, he experienced the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, forbidding him. And the Spirit of Jesus not allowing him. Who was this Spirit of Jesus? Where was this Spirit of Jesus? Was this Spirit of Jesus, where was he speaking to this Paul? How was he speaking to this Paul? The Spirit of Jesus did not allow him. Was there a microphone? Was there a, board, a, a handwriting on the wall? Paul, how did you know? The Spirit of Jesus did not allow you. It was so, it was so clear, it was so definite, that he, didn't, he could not turn either way. The Spirit of Jesus was a particular expression. And being experienced by the apostle in this in the work of propagation in a very particular way. This spirit <clears throat> is the spirit of a God man, one who has been incarnated, he lived a human life, he passed through human living, and he passed through death on the cross. This is what the name Jesus implied. Jesus is God becoming a man. More than just his incarnation, Jesus actually had a human living. And he died and he resurrected. This is our Jesus. This is the spirit of this one who was incarnated. Died, resurrected, and even ascended. You know when uh, when Jesus was living his human life, a number of times he said something strange, mysterious to his disciples, right? Like in John six fifty seven, he told the disciples as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. He didn't say, I live for the Father. He said, I live because of the Father. So then later on, he, because he, he mentioned the Father again and again, he, li- he was sent by the Father, he spoke whatever the Father spoke, and he lived because of the Father. And so one day, his, one of his disciples, Philip, asked him, Jesus, you said so much about your father. Show us your father. Where is he? He sent you. You did all these things for him. Where is Show us the father. Then Jesus turned to Philip and said, Philip, have I been so long been with you? You don't know? When you see me, you see the father. Don't you know the father is in me? and I am in the Father. Which human being can say something like this? <laughs> but here, Jesus says something outstanding. Right? He lived because of the Father. And when people see him, they see the Father. Because the Father was in him, and he was in the Father. What kind of person is he? Was he a man, or was he God? Yes, he was both. He was a God-man. This morning, we saw something really wonderful, that God sent His only begotten Son. He loved us. He sent us His only begotten Son, who embodies His divine life, so that we will not be judged, but we may receive his divine life. This only son of God, when he came as a man during his living in his human life for 33 and a half years, he was the only begotten son, possessing his divinity. He put on humanity. Yes, the humanity as a shell. But living within him was divinity. That's why on the mountain, for a moment, he unzipped himself to his disciples, right? There was this glorified man. He was shining in brightness. That was truly what was within him. And then he just zipped it back up. Outwardly, he was just a common man. But within him was divinity. So, in his 33 and a half years of human life, He was wearing this human shell. Within him was the only begotten Son of God with divinity. Until the time he went to the cross, he was crucified. And in resurrection, as we saw this morning, on the day of resurrection, he was begotten. He was a begotten. Not in his divinity. He was already divine. But in his humanity, he was begotten now to be the firstborn son of God. As the only begotten son, he possessed divinity. And he embodies the divine life of the Father. And now, in resurrection, he was begotten by the Father again to be the firstborn son of God on the day of his resurrection. He is now, He resurrected that humanity that put on. Now, even that humanity that He put on are brought into the divine sonship. Now, after, from the, since His resurrection, this Son of God is now the firstborn Son, possessing both divinity and humanity. And He resurrected as such a one. He ascended as such a one. Praise the Lord for the resurrected and ascended God-man. Amen. There's a man. We know today, we can say boldly, there is a man in the glory. Amen. There's a man in the, in the heavens. In ascension. Not just a man, but a God-man. Amen. A glorified God-man. Such a man, now in resurrection, became the Spirit. now, <clears throat> being poured out upon his disciples to empower them, to enable them to be witnesses, to propagate himself. And here, particularly with the Apostle Paul, in this junction, the spirit of Jesus, this is the spirit of this one who has passed through all this, was speaking to Paul. Not from the heavens, but from within Paul. You have to believe that Spirit of Jesus was not something or someone outside of the Apostle Paul. He was within Paul. He was one with Paul. In the Spirit of Paul was the Spirit of Jesus. Forbidding him, not allowing him to go this way, to go that way. Dear saints, today, where is the Spirit of Jesus? We all have to see First, I hope tonight, after this fellowship, we see what a wonderful spirit this spirit of Jesus is. But we also have to realize this wonderful spirit of Jesus is in you. It's in me. It's not a small thing. It's not only just your human spirit is regenerated, being made alive. Now we have the, you know, in general, we have the life of God. But the spirit of this Jesus is now living within us to energize us, to empower us, that we may be his witnesses. This was the spirit of Jesus being experienced by Paul in that journey, recorded there in, in Acts 16. Now, number one, in the spirit of Jesus, there is not only the divine element of God, but also the human element of Jesus and the elements of His human living and His suffering of death as well. In the Spirit of God, or in the Spirit of Jehovah, there was not these elements, because at that time, Jesus had not yet been incarnated, had not yet passed through the human living. But now, after His death and resurrection, passing through the human living and death and resurrection, in the Spirit of Jesus, all these are the elements, included included in the spirit of Jesus, right? Just like a, a, a flask of uh, plain water, you know, you add uh, uh, some lemon to it, you add some uh, honey to it, now this plain glass of water is sweetened, now with some honey element, with some lemon element. So now the spirit of Jesus is the spirit of God enriched, enriched with the, with the element of his humanity, the human living, his death, his resurrection as well. Number two says, The Spirit of Jesus is not only the Spirit of God with divinity in him, so that we may live the divine life, but also the Spirit of the man Jesus with humanity in him, so that we may live a proper human life and endure his sufferings especially in the propagation, through the preaching of the gospel, spreading of the word, there's much sufferings involved. There there are are oppositions, there are rejections, there are even persecutions. Many negative forces, the enemy may, may stir up to oppose, to frustrate, to stop God's propagation. But yet here, for the apostles, these dear ones who are one who has received this Spirit poured out upon them, now, they, in front of all these oppositions, all these persecutions, they were able to endure. They were able to bear all these sufferings as Jesus did. And they had the power to overcome to subdue, to defeat all the negative forces. Oh, the spirit of Jesus causes us to experience all that Jesus passed through. In his human life, all the sufferings that he passed through are now also part of our experience of the spirit of Jesus. Little A says, In his suffering... Paul needed the spirit of Jesus because in the spirit of Jesus is the suffering element and the suffering strength to withstand persecution. So for sure, propagation on the one hand is glorious. It's wonderful to see how God wants to propagate Himself in Christ everywhere. Yet at the same time, we cannot deny There are sufferings involved. But praise the Lord, we have the spirit of Jesus. The man Jesus. Who knew what suffering is. Who is able, who has the power to endure, to bear all the sufferings. Little B says, in our preaching of the gospel today, we also need the spirit of Jesus to face the opposition and persecution. Okay, we come to D in Acts 16.7. Luke turns from the Holy Spirit to the Spirit of Jesus. As a man, Jesus first lived a human life and then was crucified and resurrected. Number two, he ascended to the heavens and was made Lord and Christ. Wasn't he Lord? Wasn't he Christ? Even in eternity, in the part, as part of the Godhead, he was the Lord. He was the Christ from eternity past. But yet, and even when he was, when he was uh, on the earth, when he asked the disciples who he was, Peter responded, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. But yet here, after his resurrection, in Acts 2.36, that now being exalted by God, let all the house of Israel know he is now made Lord and Christ. Amen. This Jesus, whom you crucified, now he is made Lord Amen. and Christ. Amen. This Lord, this Christ, is not referring to his divinity, as God. He was the Lord. He was Christ. But he is, this is referring to his being a man. Jesus, after being incarnated, living the human life, died and resurrected, now in ascension, he was made officially, officially inaugurated into that lordship, Amen. into his being the anointed one of God. That was something fresh. Now, it's a man who has been made Lord. It's a man who has, he is now anointed as the Christ. This is, we have to to see this. Then number three, the spirit spirit of Jesus, therefore, implies the Lord's humanity, human living, death, resurrection, and ascension. May the Lord open our eyes to see who this Jesus is. And the spirit of this Jesus implied His humanity, His human living, death, resurrection, and ascension. All these elements are included in the spirit of Jesus. Amen. Our Jesus is such a one. When you call, oh, Lord Jesus, you are calling on such a one. Sometimes we call on the Lord so much, we just kind of sometimes unconsciously, you know, just uh, just call Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Do you know what you are calling? You are calling on this one who has lived on the earth, who died for us, who resurrected for us, Amen. and now he has ascended, and he is the Lord. Amen. He is the Christ. Amen. When you say Lord, you say it all, right? Amen. Amen. In, when you say Lord Amen. Jesus, oh, I hope after you see this tonight, your calling on the Lord will be just in another realm. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus Now, the spirit of this one is with us, Amen. is in us for His propagation. Number four says, the spirit of Jesus involves more than the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit involves only the incarnation and birth of the Lord Jesus, as we saw. The Spirit of Jesus involves His humanity, human living, death, resurrection, and ascension. And number five, the Spirit of Jesus is the totality and the full realization of the all-inclusive Jesus. You know, what is spirit? You know, in, even in the, in the secular sense, spirit is a kind of a distillation, right, of some substance. The spirit of Jesus is the distillation of all the riches in Jesus. <laughs> what we have is not just the story of Jesus, a historical record of Jesus. We have, a, we have the spirit of Jesus, Amen. who is the totality, the full realization of the all-inclusive Jesus. Jesus lived 2,000 two years ago. He lived a wonderful, marvelous life. He was God and he was man. He lived a, a romantic human life. He died, he resurrected. Is he just a historical one? that you learn about from Sunday school, read about in the Bible, that you try to reminisce the kind of Jesus he was 2,000 years ago? This Jesus today, good news, he is the Spirit. This Jesus, he is resurrected. In resurrection, he became the life-giving Spirit. As the Spirit, he makes all that Jesus was real to us. He is the distillation of all the riches which were in Jesus. Though the spirit of Jesus is the totality and full realization of the all-inclusive Jesus. I really like this. Now, E, just as the spirit of Christ is the reality of Christ, so the spirit of Jesus is the reality of Jesus. Romans 8, 9 says what? Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not of him. Right? How do we know we are of him? How do we know we are of God? Because of the spirit of Christ who is in us. So Paul says, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not of him. So now, It is the Spirit of Christ who makes Christ real to you, who who brings to you the reality of Christ. And now the Spirit of Jesus, He brings to us the reality of Jesus. Of His incarnation, of His human living, of His death, of His resurrection, of His ascension. All these are being made real to us by the Spirit of Jesus. If we do not have the Spirit of Jesus, Jesus will not be real to us. Jesus is real to us because we have the spirit of Jesus as the reality, the realization of Jesus. Jesus is not a picture on the wall. It's not just a name in the book. Jesus is the spirit in me. He is the realization. As the spirit, he is being realized by us. Right? All that Jesus was have been now made real in as the Spirit of Jesus who now is imparted into us and living in us, mingling with us. Now we come to the second point. The Spirit who was not yet, because Jesus had not yet been glorified in resurrection, is the Spirit with the humanity of Jesus. The Spirit today has been constituted with the glorified humanity of Jesus. The Pentecostal Christians, they stress the Spirit a lot. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jehovah, enabling them to speak in tongues, to do miracles healings and so forth they talk about how that spirit give them make them powerful make them able to do so many wonderful things they have no realization we are no we are not in the old testament talking about the spirit of jehovah becoming so powerful like he came upon samson making him so powerful The Samson, the spirit of Samson. We are now in the New Testament. The spirit of God is the spirit of Jesus. Full of the fine, sweet, pleasant, aromatic humanity of Jesus. When we consider, when this light, even we read the, the Gospels again, What a Jesus we have. I don't have to recount all the things. As you reread the four Gospels, we have a Jesus who is so lovable, who is so uh, pleasant, something sweet, something so attractive about this one. Then when he told the disciples, the fishers, Come, follow me. They were attracted. They were drawn to him. Something in his humanity, so fragrant. If you don't think, you think anyone can do that, why don't you go out, go out on the street? Yeah. Willie? Come and follow me, see who will do that. <laughs> be Maybe a lot of homeless will call, follow you, right? <laughs> but here... Jesus exhibited an excellent, excelling, fragrant humanity. And it's through that humanity he propagated, he propagated God on the earth. And now the spirit of this Jesus has entered, has been dispensed into all the witnesses to make them the same to make them his duplication, his reproduction. We are his propagation, and through us, he will propagate more, all over the earth. This spirit today is constituted with the glorified humanity of Jesus. You know, in Luke, the two reference verses here, in Luke 24, verse 26, the Lord told the two disciples <clears throat> when they were discussing on the, on the, on the way about, you know, about, uh, about uh, uh, what happened in Jerusalem, about the crucifixion of Christ, of Christ, and Jesus as a stranger walking along with them, and then he just told them that wasn't it that Christ will be Upon suffering, he will enter into glory. Right? Something like that. Let me just be accurate. 24. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and enter into glory? He referred to the resurrection of this one as his glorification. Christ was about to enter. He passed through the suffering and about to enter into glory. That was his resurrection. And then also in John 7, we are familiar with those verses. In verses uh, uh, 37 and 30 to 39, now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes into me, as the scripture said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this he said concerning the Spirit, whom those who believed into him were about to receive, for the Spirit was not yet, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. This man, Jesus, he was God becoming a man. He was both divine and human an exceptional person with these two natures. The first time in human history there lived such a person who is God yet man, and man yet God. And now he is telling the people, Now he who believes into me, out of the innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And this living water is referring to the spirit which is not yet at that moment. Because Jesus, this Jesus, who was God yet man, man yet God, was not yet glorified. He had not completely finished that process of his crucifixion and resurrection to become a spirit who is ready. Amen. And good news, the spirit is now ready. Is here today. Amen. This spirit is the living water. Amen. They will flow out, not outside of us, but from within us. Rivers of living water. Amen. This is the spirit of this glorified Amen. Jesus. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus. Amen. What can we say, Scott? Amen. This is tremendous. Amen. You know, i still like to read to you these, uh, this um, portion by our Brother Andrew Murray in his book, The Spirit of Christ. It's, this is classic. I, I, you have, may, may have heard this uh, many times. Brother Lee also referred to this, but it's so inspiring. I'd like to read this again. In this book, in this portion, he says, The Spirit of God, as poured out at Pentecost, was indeed something new. Though Through the Old Testament, he was always called the Spirit of God or the Spirit of the Lord. The name of the Holy Spirit he did not yet bear as his own proper name. It is only in connection with the work that he has to do in preparing the way for Christ and a body for Christ for him that the proper name, the Holy Spirit, comes into use. So we have spoken this. When poured out at Pentecost, he came as the spirit of the glorified Jesus, the spirit of the incarnate, crucified, and exalted Christ, the bearer, and communicator to us, not of the life of God as such, but of that life as it had been interwoven into human nature, in the person of Christ, Jesus. It is in this capacity, specially, that He bears the name, the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit that was poured out upon the believers on the day of Pentecost was such a spirit bearing to us, giving to us not just the life of God as such, but of that life which has been interwoven with the human nature in the person of Christ. Then he follows, from his Christ nature, as it was glorified in the resurrection and ascension, his spirit came forth as the spirit of his human life, glorified into the union with the divine, to make us partakers of all that he had personally wrought out and acquired, of himself and his glorified life. Hallelujah! Amen. That we are now made partakers of all that he had personally wrought out and acquired of himself and his a glorified life in virtue of his having perfected in himself a new holy human nature on our behalf. He could now communicate what previously had no existence, a life at once human and divine. In our place and on our behalf, as man And the head of man, he was admitted into the full glory of the divine. And his human nature constituted the receptacle and the dispenser of the divine spirit. And the Holy Spirit could come down as the spirit of the God-man, most really the spirit of God, and yet as truly the spirit of man. Wow. All I can say is just such an utterance, divine utterance, by a brother, you know, who is not among us, but surely we are on the same line. We are in the lost recovery. What the Lord has spoken through our brother Mary, this is the divine revelation. So when we talk about the spirit of Jesus, we are talking about the spirit of this Particular one. Now his human, he is human. That's easy to understand. But it's not, Is more than just human. Now the divinity and humanity have been interwoven together to become something, a new divine, a new human nature. And now this one is available to us as the spirit He has been dispensed, imparted into His disciples to carry out His propagation. Dear saints, this propagation is not carried out by any kind of program, mission, activities of man. As man's work, as man's movement, this propagation can only be carried out by the Spirit of Jesus. It should never be something initiated by us. It should never be something propelled, carried out by us. But it's something, the Spirit within us, He is leading us. If you reread again the book of Acts, everywhere, everything that these apostles were doing, that was the Spirit in them, leading them, forbidding them, guiding them. That's why in, the, in such a book of Acts recording the propagation of this wonderful, resurrected and ascended, all-inclusive Christ right at the beginning of this book we see the spirit was there. The spirit was poured out to be the all-inclusive one. Without such a spirit there will be no propagation. We saw Who is this one we are trying to propagate? Is this firstborn son of God? But how can we do this? It is only by the spirit of this Jesus. So let me read on. This spirit, who is the living water that we drink, and who is flowing out from within us, is constituted with the humanity of Jesus. Without the humanity of Jesus... There could never be such a spirit. It is clear. There in John 7, we read that the living water that is going to flow out of the believers refers to the spirit whom they are about to receive. Jesus had to be glorified. That glorified man, Jesus, to become the spirit will be that living water. Flowing out. The living water of God is not flowing out of angels, angelic beings. This living water of God is flowing out of human beings. Who is one with this glorified Jesus. Without humanity, there will not be the flowing out of living water. Now the next point. Without the human essence, the Spirit of God could not be the flowing water of life. If God would be a flowing river of of life, He must be constituted with the human nature of God. Dear saints, God is the source of life. But this source of life cannot reach us until He became a man. In the man Jesus, God flowed out. You know, I thought about even in Cornelius' house, the angel visited him. He recognized Cornelius' sincerity, his piety, and asked him, well, you need salvation. Go and send for Peter. Sometimes I ask, angel, why won't you just preach to him right there? <laughs> right? Why do you have to get through, go through all the hassle of trying to find out, look for Peter, and then, and then God had to deal with Peter, you know, have to... You know, to convince him that it's okay to contact the Gentiles. All that trouble. Why don't you just preach the gospel and save him right there? Yeah. There's are now I realize, the living water, God's flowing out. It's not through angelic beings. You need to go to Peter. You need to go to a man. Even though he's a troublesome one. He's a difficult one. But God is going to flow through him. Go through, flowing through humanity, who is now mingled, who has received this spirit of this Jesus with the humanity of this Jesus being to become a channel for the divine life as the living water to be flown out through him. This saints, we, God is looking for such channel today. Amen. Wherever we are, Amen. in on in schools, in our offices in our neighborhood. Lord, we want to be such channels to you. Don't try to be an angel. That is not how God will flow out. God's living water can only flow out through the humanity, through man. See, we need to experience and enjoy the spirit of the humanity of Jesus for gospel preaching, for the church service, for our daily walk, and for the Lord's recovery. You know, so while, you know, especially uh, in in Christianity, in Pentecostal Christianity, everyone looks for power to be more mightier, to be more, you know, can do wonders, miracles. Here in the life of Jesus you see something else. You see not so much the power, the might, all the miracles. You see a man who lived in such a normal way. Yes, he did heal, he did perform miracles, he did do works of power, but that's not the main characteristics in the life and ministry of Jesus. His compassion, his love, his kindness, his patience, He lived a life with an excelling, excellent humanity. God is flowing through, carrying out his propagation in Jesus, through Jesus, who is now the Spirit. The Spirit of this Jesus is in you and me. For us to live a human life, an uplifted, glorified humanity, as exhibited in the life of Jesus. Now it's being repeated in you and I. Now let's come to the final point. The move of the Apostle Paul and his co-workers for the spread of the gospel was not according to their decision and preference or according to any schedule made by human counsel, but by the spirit of Jesus. Paul wanted to go right. Paul wanted to go left. But the Holy Spirit forbids them, and this Holy, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow him. It's not according to your plan. It's not according to your schedule. Of course, it does not mean that then I don't need to plan, I don't need to schedule, and just go out and see where the wind blows. <laughs> no, you cannot live that way. Every day you have to have a schedule, right? Young people, you need to know so when you get up in the morning. Don't just say, now... I don't hear. I have no plan, no schedule, I just wake up whenever I want to get, wake up. That's not what it means. You still have your, your human life, your schedule when you should get up, when you should go to bed, when you should do certain things, but yet many times, as you open to this spirit, this spirit leads you, forbids you, not allow you, speak to a certain one, don't talk so much. The spirit leads you, you follow, his schedule, his preference. This is the acts of the apostles, the move of these apostles, these men, who have the spirit of Jesus indwelling them, filling them, permeating them. So their propagation was in this way, was under the leading of the spirit of Jesus. He says, their work, was by the Holy Spirit, who was involved with the Lord's incarnation and birth, and by the Spirit of Jesus, who was involved with the Lord's humanity, human living, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. The apostles were moving under the direction and guidance of such an all-inclusive spirit. Dear saints, don't you long to see that in these days the end of this age, the Lord may carry out His propagation by such a spirit. Amen. In such a way. We don't know what the Lord may want to do. What we want to do in Washington, in Oregon, in Iowa, in all, this, all, the, all the places. We want to give Him an unhindered way, a free way. Amen. You know, this time we were, many of us were there in Ethiopia. I worship the Lord very much that these messages were spoken there. It was so appropriate, in that because there, we really saw the Lord's spreading and propagating, not just by not by any kind of a human movement organization, but by the Spirit leading the brothers, spreading to city after city. You know, just a simple uh, 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 testimony by the brothers there. They, just a couple of weeks before we arrived there, and they, they told us there are, these, there are these four young men who live a little distance from uh, Addis Ababa, and they had read Brother Watchman's books, and they were so touched by it. And, uh, so, and somehow they also uh, received the iSilo app, and so they were able to, as they downloaded Brother Lee's writings, they also got to read Brother Lee's, all the life studies. So they read life studies. And so they were so, so filled, you know, bubbling with these things, they were meeting in denomination. They started speaking these things. And the people rejected them, persecuted them. So they went from one denomination to another denomination. They got kicked out after the number of denominations, they had nowhere to go. Four of them, they had, they were they, re, they 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 just uh, 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 stayed back in the in the forest, in the countryside, in the forest, and so well, they were you know enjoying this ministry so much they were speaking to the baboons in the in the forest. They were speaking to the baboons. Oh, because they no one else wanted to listen to them. That the baboons did. They were speaking. And one day, one of the brothers were in an internet cafe, and then, was, uh, and then he saw something on the bulletin board, and it was a booklet printed by the, uh, 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 our brothers from DCP. Uh, a number of years ago, I had to put, put out some, some writings, and there was a, uh, a title. It was <clears throat> the, the Living Street Ministry, uh, uh, you know, name was was on the back, so they realized this is something good. You know, by Living Street Ministry, they were they, because they have been reading. This has been going on for five years. You did realize, and uh, so, but the phone numbers was torn off, so so they had no way to. They, they were so discouraged, but somehow in the middle of the book, somebody wrote a, a number, and it was a number of a leading brother there in the church, and so right away he called this brother. And the brother invited, invited him to come and visit you know the training center they, they have there. And uh, so he, one morning he came, and he saw all these about 40 trainees who were just diving into all the riches of the ministry. He said, this is what we have, I've been looking for. So the following day, four of them with their luggage and came to the training. <laughs> we're ready. <laughs> Saints and the brothers testified to us, these brothers, these four brothers, there are many like this. They are just, brother These books are, in a way, forbidden. Forbidden there, in that country. Forbidden in the sense of not being discouraged, because they consider this is controversial, this is going to cause trouble. So, some of the older ones, they hit these books, and some of the younger ones, by chance, they got to read it. And, uh, but, all the folk could do is to release the flow. They can never... They can never stop. They can never, all the enemy tried to do, try to stop, try to frustrate. But this living water is going to flow. Amen. Flow. Not in that kind of a mighty, powerful way, in an outward way, but flowing through humanity. Amen. The glorified humanity of Jesus. Amen. Okay, let me just uh, quickly finish here. Now B says, the kind of work we do, this is very important, for the Lord depends on the kind of spirit by whom we are guided, we are directed, we are instructed, we are constituted with. These things we all have to ask ourselves. Uh, I have to ask myself. Right? I'm here serving the Lord. But what kind of work am I doing? Is it just another common work of Christianity? Preach the gospel, save souls, gain a lot of people. What kind of work does the Lord want to accomplish today? It depends on the kind of spirit by whom we are guided. We are directed, instructed, and even constituted. These following points, let's read. And One says, as a vessel containing the triune God, Paul was fully constituted with the Holy Spirit. Who was involved with the Lord's incarnation and birth, and with the Spirit of Jesus, who was involved with the Lord's humanity, human living, all inclusive death, life, imparting resurrection, and ascension? Paul contained, received this Spirit as a vessel of God. He contained this Spirit, and even he was constituted with this Spirit. They're saying this Spirit is already in us. We have to allow this spirit to saturate us. Yes. Let the spirit of Jesus permeate us, Amen. be constituted into us. Amen. When we read Acts chapter 16, we didn't say, we didn't read, Paul at a certain moment, pray, Lord, which, where shall we go? Which direction shall we turn? As he was going, the spirit, it just says, The Holy Spirit forbids them. The Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. How does He know? Did you pray? Did you fast? Here these men, they were constituted with the Spirit of Jesus. The Spirit of Jesus is not something objective to them, outside of them. He was in them, and even constituted into who they are into their living. Paul was a person constituted, again this word you see in every point, constituted with this all-inclusive spirit. Thus he could truly preach Jesus Christ. You know in Acts 17, 18, it's a very good verse. It tells us that he was, they were announcing Jesus and the resurrection as the gospel. These men, they are just uncommon. They are not common as the as the other preachers. They preach Jesus Christ. They preach resurrection as the gospel. Amen. The content of their preaching, of their speaking, was a wonderful person whom they live, who has been constituted into them as the spirit of Jesus. This one who is God yet man, incarnated, lived died, resurrected, now He is one with them, one with these disciples. Number three, if the Spirit becomes our constitution, then our work will be the expression of this Spirit, and we will do a work for Jesus as the incarnated one with humanity, human living, death, resurrection, and ascension. We're not here to carry out a glamorous Big, huge work, with a big following. That's not the kind of work that God desires. He wants to propagate himself. The crucified, resurrected, and ascended God-man is being reproduced, being propagated everywhere, continent after continent, country after country. But this spirit needs to become our constitution. And lastly, if we are constituted with the spirit of Jesus, we will do the work of ministering Jesus as the all-inclusive one and convey him as such a one to others. If you are constituted with the spirit of Jesus, you speak Jesus, you flow out Jesus in a spontaneous way. I believe this is what God is doing in each one of us throughout his recovery. This is altogether different from today's Christianity, all the movements, all the works. We just want to be today's witnesses, propagating this wonderful person, the firstborn son of God, with the two with who is divine and human. Now we are filled, even constituted, with the spirit of this one. This Jesus, who is God and man. We are also men, but now we have God also incorporated into us. Praise the Lord. May here in the Northwest, here in the whole America, be filled with this wonderful Jesus. The God-man, propagated everywhere. Amen. May this be so. Amen. May the Lord bless this word. Amen. We can pray with our, the one next to us for a minute, and we can have a time Amen. of overflow.